This is the smell of the leftover tuna fish sandwich you left in your lunchbox over the weekend in a wimpy trash bag. Wimpy, wimpy, wimpy! Blech! And this is the smell of that same sandwich in a hefty, ultra-strong trash bag. Hefty, hefty, hefty! Ah, smell the difference? Hefty Ultra Strong has Arm & Hammer with continuous odor control, so no matter what's inside your trash. Hmm. You can stay one step ahead of Stinky. And for bigger jobs, try the superior strength of Hefty Large Black Bags. We're back to the Neil Haley Show on the V4 Report segment, and I'm excited to welcome to the program B- Bill Ravati of the V4 Report. Bill, how are you? And I tell you, introducing you and talking about your show and talking about all the things that are happening, you are the guy, the face when it comes to the, the four Visegrad nations. You really, especially in America, in the United States for sure. Mm. Thanks for having me on the show. Well, uh, and, and the V4 is the, the, the bait is certainly expanding in Europe. Um, when we talk of Visegrad, there's also what I call the new right emerging. And I'll get into that later of uh, what I describe as the big four between Matteo's, Matteo Salvini, Victor Orban, uh, the PIS, the ruling party in Poland, and also the Freedom Party of Austria. Um you know, beyond the V4, these are uh, is, is what I call the leaders of the new right emerging to challenge France and Germany and the Eurocrats in Brussels. So this is an exciting new time as well. It's definitely an exciting new time. And it's, again, you. I feel that people like yourself to get out there, get the word out, show uh, people in other countries how we can have things better. They have decided to turn their their thought process. But our topic today is Salvini aims to forge far right alliance ahead of European elections. Now, kind of what we talked about before, this is such a surprise. When we first started, um, I started working with you. You never thought we would talk about Italy in terms of the four Visegrad nations as becoming conservative. Right. This is the biggest shocker that's happened in a long time in Europe. Well, I used to have what I called the big three. The three I would hit upon the most were the leaders of Germany, Italy, and Greece. Italy was a lost cause at one point uh, with Renzi and the Democrats in charge. It was they, they basically surrendered the border and not only let the migrants in, but then they waved them through uh, to others in Europe. So, you know, Renzi called that his plan B. He was upset that other countries wouldn't take migrant quotas, so he he threatened to unleash them across Europe, and uh, apparently he did. But now, is is through a combination of the Italians uh, having enough of it, um, because Italians, you know, were the ones being hurt by this, and other European nations. I really think the Visegrad states, when they took their stand to oppose the migrant quotas, I really think that had a big effect on electing uh, Salvini. Yes. Mm-hmm. And also... For Salvini closing the ports, because without Italy, without them being able to wave through to others, they were stuck 
with all these migrants. So in my mind, it forced them to act. And that wasn't the only reason. I mean, Salvini has been sincere about this issue for years. Uh, but I think Italians finally realized this and, and they helped elect his, his coalition. Um, <coughs> sorry, excuse me. But yeah, we Salvini's strong. Um, and as we go forward, we're looking for new alliances. It's not necessarily, you know, inside one EU party. I mean, we're looking for uh, an emergence of what we call the new right uh, that can that can prevent a united front, whether in one party or two parties, against uh, France, Germany, and, and those Eurocrats in Brussels. We think that's emerging. That's gigantic. And you're right. And so and you have now Italy as a conservative power. What alliances do you want them to form? Do you have a choice? Well, it, it, yeah. <laughs> At the V4 report, we're, we're, we're a little bit different. The old alliances with the different faces, they always had people, they were sincere and, and they're still sincere. But I referred to, you know, I, I think they're more the, the foot soldiers like Le Pen in France. I'll get criticized for this. Um, but she needs, you know, she should be part of this. But the four leaders should be Salvini, uh, Orban, uh, the Freedom Party of Austria, and of course the PIS in Poland. All four are in either leading governments or part of ruling coalitions. They already have that influence and clout. Um, but the one thing, you know, we hear, and that's why a radio station had called me uh, um, to do an interview earlier, is all the EU think tanks like to claim. That these groups cannot sit at the same table. Well, Salvini and Poland have different ideas of Russia. Uh, you know, they, they they can't possibly forge an alliance in the EU. Well, that's that's pure uh, propaganda by these pro-EU think tanks that, that you know think they can speak for Salvini and uh, you know the leaders of Poland. Uh, when we look at it, the these countries are going. They're not going to agree on everything. They're they're, they're different countries. Um, but when you look at this issue, especially in foreign policy regarding Russia, the V4 countries don't even agree, uh, you know, have differences on Russia. And they work very well together. For instance, Poland and Hungary, their leaders may have different views of Russia, but they're as close as one can get. So, you know, uniting yeah. in the EU to fight mass migration, to fight to defend the sovereignty of the nation states – or the heavy and undue influence of France and Germany goes beyond what one thinks of Turkey, Russia, or even Ukraine. I mean, that's so true. And it's like, what, you know, uh, what to do if, if we, you, you got to get the mindset of people that don't see things like you see them, Bill, to explain things that you can't have things the way they keep going or you're going to have Greece. That's a challenge isn't it to educate people to understand that because they see the pluses right now of a more left Europe, but they don't see what's going to happen if it continues as in, in the case of Greece. Well, yeah, people are starting to realize that the old parties, uh, European people's party in which people consider the center right or the, the conservative party, just like the neocons in the U S yeah, people are starting to realize that's not the case. The debate has moved to the left. The EPP is more of a, a center-left party, um, you know, and, and where they believe in the power uh, of, of the super state in Brussels. Um, and they're forging alliances on an EU level with the socialists, the Greens, the liberals at Aldi group. So what we want to do is we're going to start moving the debate 
you know, back to the right, um, you know, with this, this, the new right alliance, which we think can happen. And it's a little bit different than the old alliance of Le Pen, Wilders, and, and the others, who, again, I have nothing against them, but they just don't carry the clout and firepower of uh, Salvini, Orban, and the PIS in Poland. Those uh, are, are, are the leaders who have to be the face of this new right um, to fight Macron across Europe. Le Pen can concentrate on France. She can she can uh, battle Macron in France, not in Europe. Let that up to Salvini, um, Orban, and the PIS in Poland. That would be my strategy. All right, so best place we can find information on you, Bill, a really quick segment. But again, people need to check out v4report.com, but also follow you on Twitter at yeah, Twitter. Yeah, we're tw- exploding on Twitter. Yeah. We're exploding on Twitter, and you know the, the battle with Salvini and the German NG, the the NGO from Germany is going on right now. So we're trying to hit that as much as we can. Bill underscore Ravati on Twitter, and you could just type in V4 Report, and you're going to find him on that. And then also. The, um, and then on, that, uh, on Twitter and then all those other places. So, uh, again, Facebook.com slash V4 Report. So, again, thanks for calling, Bill. Best of luck, and thanks for coming on the show. Have a great weekend. All right, you too. Bye-bye. You're listening to Neil Haley's show. We'll be back in just a moment. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Toll Education Hour segment on the Neil Haley Network. And this guest is definitely an expert in education. Her Twitter is she has become a very big influencer on Twitter and uh, also out speaking, doing many things. So I'm excited to welcome the program author, Susan Colton. Susan, how are you? And uh, you're just amazed at what's happened in the past year with your, your brand and what's going on with you in education, isn't it? It's, it's amazing, isn't it? Oh, yes, it is, Neil. Good morning, and thank you for having me. Um, yes, it, it's been um, quite a wild ride this past year. Um, since I published my first book a year ago uh, this month, actually. And um, it's amazing the power of social media and what happens when you connect with people out there um, in cyberspace. Absolutely, cyberspace, uh, Susan. Uh, It's amazing the connections, the relationships, the people you meet all over the world via Twitter. Isn't that true? Oh, uh, absolutely true, Neil. Um, as a matter of fact, uh, I, as an example, I just came back from uh, a conference in Austin, Texas, called South by Southwest EDU, which is a part of the South by Southwest Festival in Austin, Texas. And I met up with um, a retired principal that I met the year before um, on a safari in Africa, and she was my Jeep mate. (laughs) And and lo and behold, um, she lives 30 minutes north of Austin, Texas. So here we were um, connecting in Africa, and then here we are at the conference um, of a year and a half later in Austin, Texas, and um, we were able to connect and talk about, again, she was a retired principal and and um, all of her uh, adventures and all of all of the things that she saw in in um, her area and her schools and 
her neighborhood. And, and um, it, it was just amazing to how you see when you make connections and then you stay in touch with people um, online or on Twitter. And then again, you see them, um, you know, a year or two later at a conference. It's just, it's amazing how those relationships uh, develop and those connections are made. Definitely, Susan. And the experience at South by Southwest Education Conference was phenomenal, wasn't it? The the, the connections you made and also what, you were a speaker at this. This is not just where you attended. You were really involved in this actively. Um, yes, I was. Um, I had a session. I was a co-presenter. Um, with a an award-winning teacher from my school district who um, used to teach elementary school and was the um, art teacher of the year uh, for my district, which is the sixth largest district in the country. And uh, she she was involved in a school with a toxic culture. And after winning that prestigious award she was ready to quit she was burned out oh you know wow. six or seven years into her career um and so she developed um a program called self-care for teachers be your own answer and so we presented together from her perspective as a teacher talking about all of the things that happen to teachers um in their in their daily lives. And I presented from my perspective as a principal, because in my experience, I had taken over a school with a toxic culture and had to go in and uh, really gain the trust of, of those teachers. And so together we talked about what we need to be doing today for our teachers in the classroom so that they are able to be fresh every day and to build those relationships with their students, um, as well as to continue to grow um, educationally and, and professionally and not to lose their joy of teaching and learning. And that's the problem a lot of ways because of teaching to a test, Susan, that we've dealt with for the past 12, 13, I, I guess more than that, years of teaching to a test instead of having the opportunity to have autonomy and really uh, engage the learners and really differentiate instruction in the way that when I first went into teaching, when I first went to grad school. And that's the saddest point that's happening in education today is the fact that we had the right plan. And after the Gore-Bush election, that is when education took one of the biggest, uh, I guess, uh, transitions in a long time that, that we still haven't recovered in a lot of ways. Well, you are right on with that comment, um, <laughs> Neil. Um, as a matter of fact, another uh, one of the uh, sessions that I attended was called Education's Tomorrowland, and none other than uh, my former governor of Florida, uh, Jeb Bush, um, was the keynote speaker there. And um, he was interviewed by um, Laura Meckler from the uh, Washington Post, and uh, it was a very interesting session because he talked about, he was touting about all the ways that he 
um, saved um, a failing system in the state of Florida uh, back in 1999 through 19 through 2007 when he was governor, and um, how he put in the accountability piece and um, you know the 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 testing and and made educators accountable and and uh, really changed um, the system paid teachers um, bonuses for um, for scoring high and getting good grades and of course he talked about his brother um, George W who was president at the time and oh uh, we goodness. all know wow. about yeah. about ch- no child left behind so um, the interesting part of that is that um, I got to that session a little bit later than I planned, and I ended up with um, a seat that was left in the front row, which was actually perfect because I could make eye contact. <laughs> and having lived through the era of uh, of testing and, and the change in education, like you say, you know, that we were doing everything right and teachers were creative and innovative and and they were making decisions based on the needs of their students. And and so That's here he is. True. It is, and and here he is now saying that, well, um, we need to change. Education needs to change to keep up with the current 21st century, and we really have to embrace technology. We have to move to mastery-based learning model. Um, We have to create an atmosphere that is student-centered in the classroom, and I'm thinking, wow, I'm listening to someone painting a picture of the perfect world in education and this this certainly can't be the same person so um i did have the opportunity to go to the microphone and ask him a question oh my goodness <laughs> which was <laughs> which was the highlight of my my whole week <laughs> at the conference and um, i asked him you know um, i was treading lightly and carefully and what i asked him was is you know it to create this and to change education, you know, how can we, how can we flip the conversation? Uh, because right now, what we're talking about is we're talking about privatizing education. We're talking about giving money to, to um, big corporations to create more for-profit charter schools, and how can we flip that back so that we can make those changes, those innovations in that student-centered learning environment in a public school? And um, <laughs> he hesitated, yes, he hesitated before he answered, and of course, um, you know, he had to correct me about uh, about the monies in Florida being used for private schools and not for charters and, you know, and, and uh, around getting around it, the answer. And, of course, he never really did answer the question. I'm sure he didn't. <laughs> I'm sure he didn't. And, and it was at the end of the session. And um, I was really looking forward to it because in the beginning they talked about, you know, how he always shakes hands and talks to people after the session. And uh, he happened to end that session saying that he had lost his TSA clearance um, at the airport and he wasn't going to make this (laughs) five o'clock flight. And um, he was very nervous. And so he was out of here and he just bolted out of his chair and went out the back door. (laughs) 
Well, Susan, I think what we have to do in making this uh, 2019 finish up uh, kicking off, I've really made a uh, effort to relaunch Toll Education Hour in a more of a podcast form because we don't have a forum out here like, you know, interviewing you as a teacher principal who is willing to speak out about education. All the podcasts are very dry, boring, going into certain strategies, which we could see anywhere, but not talking about the the real important part of it to motivate teachers to get them excited what these conferences are that do are exactly what why people went into teaching and why I'm out of teaching because it's not what happened it was we were we were we were sold a bill of goods through college and then we get to the classroom and then they changed us changed everything completely and I think that's the discussion that you've talked about throughout the South by Southwest conferences there is great ideas of innovative teachers and it doesn't have to be so technology based it doesn't have to be so inquiry based it doesn't it has to be specifically enough for each individual student individualizing instruction in the classroom is such a key component but we had it before the election before no child left behind we had it yes kids were still struggling but it has to do with the environment. It has to do with specifically expectations for kids, not having the most motivated teachers in there that are so inspired to teach. But instead, we weeded out a lot of those great teachers because of what has happened. Yes, and here we are left uh, with a teacher, great teacher shortage, um, not only here in my state, but across the country. And teachers, uh, you know, revolting um, out of their classrooms and saying, you know, you know, don't don't arm us with with guns and weapons. Arm us with supplies. Arm us with the opportunity to be able to um, to think and and to encourage our students to to uh, have conversations and think instead of just bubbling in um, answers on a on a test sheet. Um, you know the. Another major theme of this conference and that I see um, being woven throughout is is uh, social emotional learning for students yes and how we have totally lost the humanistic part of of educating um, and about social isolation isolation <laughs> isolation isolation where um, you know we're where the students are are consumed by their their telephones and they're conversing uh, yes. on Twitter and social media and they're not having conversations and they're not being allowed to have that time in the classroom as well because they're um, individually working on you know increasing their their test scores so um, you know building relationships is is. Uh, a major theme. And, you know, teachers, teachers know, good teachers in the classroom every day know that they cannot teach the first thing about their content area until they've built rapport and a relationship with each and every student in their classroom. And in order to do that, they have to get to know the students. They have to have an opportunity to talk to them about what is, what is, excites each student. What is authentic to that student as far as their learning? Um, where are they coming from, Definitely. you know, and, mm -hmm. and where they want to go? And then creating a safe, risk-free environment in their classrooms. Um, 
you know, having coming in and, and having to prepare for tests and and do the pretest to prepare for the test um, every day it is not building relationships with with students. And that relationship part is essential. Um, you see what, what's happening in our country right now with the, with the lack of building relationships. Exactly. Oh, geez, yes. And, and so, you know, we need to take care of our teachers. We need to um, to really, uh, you know, to feed them. Um, I used to I used to have a, a, a supervisor, a very distinguished lady, that said, "If you don't feed the teachers, they'll eat the children." <laughs> That's a great and, quote. Uh, <laughs> Yes. And, um, you know, and it's true. Um, but it's also true that, that, you know, we are slowly, slowly, um, you know, killing and depleting our, our um, educational resource in our teachers across the country. Absolutely. Well, I guess that the theme ended up being in a lot of ways that we need a change, but we need to go back. And and you've been in education for so many years that it's cyclical, but it's all has to do with the government's decisions on where we're going in education. It has to do with the politicians, not teachers. And then now we have a secretary of education who's not uh, – <laughs> it does not have any credentials in teaching. So really <laughs> – we are in the most dire straits, as I talked about from that election, uh, Bush Gore back years ago, to now where we have people running our education system that don't know our education system at all. So where are we going to turn except keeping our teachers motivated to say you're really making a difference? And if you don't, if you leave the classroom, things are going to go even more awry. You have to try to be a change even in an environment that doesn't allow you to make those changes. Yes, and that's a tall order for our teachers. So we need to do everything that we can uh, to support them. And, you know, one of the things that we can do is we can help our teachers by involving um, our parents and our businesses in the communities um, we should be able to invite them in. Um, school needs to be a welcoming place, not only for students in the classroom, but for everyone who that walks through the doors um, of our schools. They need to feel comfortable. Um, you know, as, as a principal, as an elementary school principal, I used to tell the dads that, um, you, you know, it was safe to come to the principal's office that they didn't have to worry about their past experiences and um, to please come in and, and to share um, their wealth of information and knowledge. And we have so many resources right in our neighborhoods and, and in our uh, parents and business uh, yes. communities. And it, we need to involve them um, in our schools. We need to work together um, instead of it being always an us versus them kind of atmosphere. Um, you know, it's it's not parents against teachers. Um, parents are their children's first teacher. And teachers would welcome with open arms parents coming in and um, and assisting or offering their expertise or even an understanding of what's happening with their child at home. Um, also, uh, local businesses, uh, we have so many great things happening, especially in the area of technology that I know in schools where, where um, 
technology um, experts are coming in from their industry into high school classrooms and mentoring um, students in high school and working with them on on coding and and um, and technology um, gaming and and um, you know developing um, new software and new ideas and new innovation so that when they graduate they have a, a choice of college or career that they can actually earn um you know a certificate yeah. an industry yes, certificate sure. and they can uh, be ready for work so you know we need to work together as a community and and i believe that um you know that we have really gotten away from that um, in our society and, of course, in education. Um, our education secretary, as you say, uh, has never stepped foot in, the, in a public school that is underperforming. And so uh, we need teachers out there making the decisions. We need educators exactly. with experience um, to be able to say that uh, what we're doing now is not working. Uh, we need to stop. We need to take a breath. We need to step back. And then we need to come together um, in our communities and we need to make those changes in education uh, so that, you know, the teachers and and our children can achieve and and um, and survive. Awesome. Best place we can find information on you. Purchase your book. Learn more about you. You have a website. You have social media. You have a lot of places we can connect. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely, Neil. Um, SusanAColton.com, S-U-S-A-N-A-C-O-L-T-O-N.com is my website. My website talks about um, the innovation um, that, in my experience in education, uh, my speaking topics, everything that I'm doing out there um, in my community to be involved in and to be a passionate promoter of public education. Um, also, um, you can reach me on Twitter, um, Instagram, uh, LinkedIn, Facebook. Um, it's just, it's a whole new world out there, Neil. Yeah, and it's, exactly. Uh, it's it's just incredible the the uh, relationships we build and then you know can meet up with people face to face and continue that in a meaningful way all right well thanks for calling uh definitely want to have you back on i'm excited about again uh, relaunching the toll education hour in certain aspects since last year we kind of are working together some more syndication some more exciting opportunities and updates and uh thanks for calling and i definitely have you back on again take care Okay, thanks, Neil. You're welcome. Bye-bye. You're listening to the Neil Haley Network's Toll Education Hour, and we'll be back in just a moment. Let's go to topics first. I'll talk March Madness with you because you just can gloat about Virginia making it to the Final Four. As I said, (laughs) there's no way Virginia's making it to the Final Four. Let's get your forecast. Not heard anything from uh, Brandon Lang, but I'm sure Brandon will be on Thursday or Friday this week uh, to kind of give us that final uh, four, who's going to win it all, because they'll say, I picked the entire final four. Brandon, you didn't pick the entire final four, but you were right about Michigan State. And you said Duke would lose to one of those teams, and Michigan State was it. But who do you think, do you think now, your knowledge of college basketball, Pete, uh, are are we going to be cutting down, are they going to be cutting down the nets? 
And are the uh, are is Virginia going to win it all? You know, the, the first team ever to lose to a 16 seed last year to come back redemption and win it all. Are they the team to beat? Well, you know, I I called them, and it was just a a guess because you just never know what's going to happen in these games. And I think I may just have to stay with them. I mean, we got Texas Tech, we got Auburn, we got Michigan State, we got Virginia. It's like, who do you go with? And you know, the favorite. I don't know who's your pick. I'm, I think I'm going to stay with Virginia. I mean, why I'm, the heck I'm not? Gonna, I'm going to go with Auburn to win it all. I think that again, the adversity of Auburn, the the, the the how much of a tear they're on now. Winning streaks have a lot to do with the tournament. Auburn's on a tear, kind of like what they looked at in Oregon, even though they lost one of their best players to an injury. I'm going to pick Auburn to win it all. You're going to pick Virginia. Neither Texas Tech or uh, uh, is going. I don't see Texas Tech winning it all. So let's go with again. My prediction will go with to win it all. Auburn to win the national championship. Michigan State will lose, and I think that Michigan State faces Auburn, and I think it's Texas Tech. Uh, facing Virginia. So Virginia-Auburn, Auburn wins it all. I, I might be wrong on that again, but let's go with those predictions, Pete, and we'll find out in Vegas if who was right and who was wrong as uh, this weekend again, the Final Four, and the National Championship game will be in Vegas. Oh I my know. gosh! To, put a couple bucks on that. Even though gambling's available everywhere else now, even at, at the Rivers Casino in Pittsburgh, waiting for that check. But soon they'll probably be a sponsor on Infotainment yeah, Radio. But yes, go ahead and let's go ahead and uh, see what happens. I think that I honestly believe that we'll see Auburn win it all, but that will be the upset of upsets. Now, I didn't hear the Pirates score. I know I'm going to look it up now. I don't know if you follow baseball, Pete. Uh, again, opening day in Pittsburgh today, and I was listening to the 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 uh, play-by-play at the end. Not the, I heard that a Pirate home run, but again, the Pirates were one and one. Let's look up the score, and that's how much I know, right? Checking scores right now. I need to check the scores before the show, don't I? Not uh, after. Right. Well, they lost in 11 innings. So, yes. Thank you, Pete. Six to five. The Cardinals won. The Cardinals are two and three. The Pirates are one and two. But you lose to the Cardinals. Are they? It's not a huge loss, but what a way for opening day to go six to lose to the Cardinals. But the Cardinals are two and three. So really, there's not been a team that looks unbelievable yet this early in the season. But the Pirates are one and two. It's uh, too early. It's too early. So how did you know, Pete, already that the Cardinals won? Did you see the score? Oh, I pulled it up. Yeah, I just pulled it up. And oh, thanks. So- you beat me on that one. <laughs> <laughs> you beat me on that one. Okay, so let's go ahead That there. Okay. Now let's see how much of hockey talk. The, we talked about last yesterday when I was talking by myself about the Penguins. Uh, the Penguins had a big win uh, on Sunday. Now, do you feel that the Penguins have a chance to win the Stanley Cup, Pete? Yes or no? Again, they're not on fire, but again, one team has to just get in hot fire in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Do you see the Penguins winning? I mean, they won two Stanley Cups, then last year lost in the playoffs. Do you see them doing well in this playoffs or going out early? I think they're going to do well. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm a Penguins fan because the farm team is right here in Wilkesbury. So I, I, I've gone to a bunch of, the, which they the might not make the playoffs, right? The, the, the baby penguins. No, maybe not the babies, but 
you know, maybe the big boys will. So we'll. Uh, oh, they're, oh, they're making the Penguins are making the playoffs, but uh, are they going to win it? Are no. they going to win it? And again, I'm looking at scores right now. Um, uh, the the latest score, as I said, they beat the Hurricanes. When do they play next? Uh, looking at standings, if I'm looking it up correctly. See, I'm looking on my phone. You're looking on a computer, so that's not fair, Pete. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Uh, the next matchup the Penguins have. But the Penguins, again, uh, who knows? Their they, third... play the, they play the Red Wings uh, tomorrow. Yeah, they play home today, and home. Today, they play Red Wings the, today. The home and home series with the Red Wings. So we'll find out. Okay, so that's that. And then we, we Steeler talk, forget about Steeler talk. We'll go to Pittsburgh talk in a second, but I want to talk about streaming. I did watch the Motley Crue movie. Now, we now both watched it. Let's kind of give our Siskel an Ebert of the Motley Crue movie. Yay okay. or no, what did you think of it? It was kind of graphic. I don't think it would have ever made any other channel. And it sure as heck might not even have made the movies, but it definitely did show who Motley Crue was. Yeah, I think it was raw, and I think they wanted it that way. I mean, they wrote the book. They all, you know, executive produced the movie. It was raw right from the beginning, but it really gave you a taste of the the sex, drugs, and rock and roll that was part of their whole, you know, upbringing. I mean, I was a big Motley Crue fan growing up. You know, I've seen them multiple times, and, you know, I had a big Motley Crue banner in my room. I mean, you know, all of the uh, the um, the early music I used to listen to. My sisters used to hate me because I used to crank it so loud. My parents, you know, shouted the devil and all of that. But obviously uh, the movie was interesting because it, it, uh, it showed a side that you never knew about. At least I didn't like, I didn't know that Vince Neil had a daughter, uh, a very young girl who died and they showed that in the movie and they showed the whole heartbreak around that. And it was a, it was a wrenching scene when you're watching it. So I'm not going to give it the way the movie, but it's uh, it's worth watching. If you're a Motley Crue fan, it's worth watching. If you're an eighties hair band fan, and I would, uh, I'd recommend seeing it, but don't again watch it with any little kids around. <laughs> oh, you definitely don't. And then the start, but again, the whole drug thing uh, with Nikki Six was pretty crazy and really surprising about Tommy Lee. You think of him as crazy, and he really was kind of straight laced at first compared to the rest of them, and kind of turned into that. So that's the other part is Tommy Lee was pretty gullible at times, and you wouldn't have thought that as a fan of Motley Crue at this time that Tommy Lee would be any of that. Uh, so I, I'll tell you the one thing is Ozzy Osbourne is crazy as they showed that <laughs> one part, but we knew he kind of was. But I, I, you know, it might have not been as much of a gimmick that he really did a lot of drugs. Uh, oh yeah, God, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And they did a lot of drugs. Could bands get away with it today with social media? I don't think so. You could not see some of the exploits that Motley Crue pl- pulled in today's social media world. Don't see it at all. Never would happen. No, it's, it's too no, there's no. much exposure. And like you know, looking at, at somebody like Ozzy, I mean, he was a total madman too, especially in his younger days. And you know, I think there, I heard it's at one point that they had uh, uh, like analyzed his blood to determine like how he was actually still like coherent. Although he's not always coherent, but he, I mean, it's amazing because the guy is still out there and he's still ripping it up. And you know, more power to him. He's just he's like Superman. <laughs> Oh, he definitely is, and it's amazing to look at the Osborne family and how they made money later on and in the process, and there you go. So, 
what was the ratings the Netflix what did did you know what happened the dirt what what was everyone's overall opinion of the show I mean what like I've not heard the ratings uh what what did they come back with you know cinematography all the different things that are out there have you heard? I know the the rating on Netflix I mean the overall rating I think was like three and a half three and three quarter stars out of five I gave it a four I mean it wasn't the greatest movie but it definitely was was not a bad movie so um it's worth watching, as I said, if you're a fan of that era or if you're a fan of the crew. All right. So I uh, finished after that because I thought I was stuck. I just found that, and I said I didn't have anything to stream. I talked about that on Monday. Then somehow, again, Netflix figures out what I want to watch next, even though I'm watching Amazon now, too. Again, I'm waiting for these sponsorships, guys. Uh, and Infotainment Radio wants Amazon and Netflix to sponsor us for sure. But, you know, I— what I ended up uh, going ahead and listening to, I mean, watching was OA. And uh, is it OA or AO? I always get the confused, but I'm going to Google it right now. But again, that was unbelievable. Uh, I'm just going to Google it. I talked about it last night on the show, and you're Googling while I'm trying to hold the phone and come up. It's, it, it's OA. And oh my gosh, it was an unbelievable show. And uh, the funny thing is it came out first in... Uh, 2016, as I talked about last night on the show, and uh, somehow it took years to get season two, and I didn't know it just came out. I grab these shows and I say, "Wow!" and uh, it it was just really, really good. And uh, I mean, it talked about near death experience, took near death experience to the next level, and uh, it it really has a good rating. And uh, I'm hooked. And they had to kill me by making me sad by saying it's over. I can't watch it now. I mean, I'm like, I'm ready for season three. And season three could be a year down the road, two years down the road. But April. Doesn't, doesn't that drive you nuts when oh you my get gosh. a good show oh, and, and it's, it's done. Like, oh, is there going to be another, another season? season? Yes. Yeah, see, that's why NBC, CBS, and, and ABC better just close their doors today. Or they got to come up with a streaming idea. Because that's the thing. I'm looking at what I want to stream next. I don't see comedies as something to stream. I see this as like, what is the next binge watching? And I've already gotten it. And I talked about it on the show, but I also want to talk about specifically new shows dropping in April. Uh, as I, you could see, I'm a huge entertainment guy and love the entertainment side of this. And uh, I'm looking forward to – I've worked with Netflix. I've worked with Amazon, and that's the, the very – a great thing of uh, doing radio tours with both of those organizations. I love that. And I want to reach back out to them, especially with again, another opportunity as a broadcaster that I've developed, especially this opportunity with infotainment radio. And again, uh, celebrity corner with Neil that's on infotainment radio and all the different stations about 15 plus right now for uh celebrity corner, but should where goal is a thousand to hit a thousand by next year. So, Stay tuned. But when I was talking about, you know, particularly enough, uh, this show, near-death experience, really interesting. Wouldn't have expected the different things that happened, and then they hit you at the end with, wow, where are we going next? And, you know, there was a very interesting, uh, like, cameo appearances by certain people. Uh, I, I, I don't know if you're into that. I wouldn't, I don't know if I label it sci-fi, Pete. I label it in a, you thought you were going sci-fi, just, but really near-death experience to another level. And, uh, again, the characters are amazing, and it's really, really uh, heart-pounding leading you to the end of the second season. Yeah, I've never watched it. I really didn't uh, know anything about it. 
And so if it's that good, I'm going to have to add it to my watch list. Now, and, uh, now I've already got one. I don't know. I, 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 I keep telling you it's Hannah now on uh, Amazon, and I got hooked by commercials uh, bringing me to this. And I said, when is Hannah coming out? When is it coming out? Hannah came out, and it's it's awesome. I mean, the action's tremendous in this. And one of the guys that's the uh, the father of Hannah was in uh, Ultra, Car- Ultra Carbon, which I watched the whole series on Netflix and interviewed uh, one of the stars from um, Altered Carbon. I think it's, I can't remember the name of it. You're like, Pete's like, where the heck does he come up with these things? But yeah. <laughs> that uh, one and, I have heard of. I have and, heard of Altered Carbon. And I, I have streamed that and they're going to have a season two from what I've gathered. But the, the main character is is the dad in this one and he's bad. Man, he should be the next action film guy. I don't know if no one's decided to pick him up as the next uh, Schwarzenegger or, uh, or Dolph Lundgren. He's, he's, he's a beast. Would you? Who's agree? that? Chris? Is that Chris Connor? I guess the, the guy that plays like different British role or different roles. He's huge, nice build, good, good, great action guy. Amazing. I don't know his name. You have to look it up. Hannah again. Amazon. That's what I'm streaming right now. Is Hannah and Amazon? And I gotta get this done quickly because Bosch is coming out April 18th, and I've interviewed the star of Bosch. So you're like, oh, my gosh, I'm giving you the whole gist of entertainment here. But have you watched Bosch? No, I have not caught that one. <laughs> Your feet's like... Where do you find the time? <laughs> I do it when I do my social media for all my clients. I just stream this stuff all at night. And, you know, it gets me through the nights of working late. And uh, I stream a ton. And I, even at work, I stream it when I'm doing, you know, cold emails or different things or uh, or social media throughout the day. I, I'm watching it and I'm telling you, I'm waiting again for these opportunities because a lot of these shows got me hooked because of interviewing them. I'm interviewing less of them, but trust me, with some of these opportunities, you got to follow me at Total Tutor to find out the huge opportunities as a broadcaster. We're going to be at the NAB next week, ladies and gentlemen, and Pete will be there. And I hope to make a, an appearance, but I will be in Las Vegas next week, April 8th to 12th. And who knows what's going to happen with me in Vegas. Uh, but Pete Canavan will be representing the Neil Haley show and uh, and the morning show, Pittsburgh morning show and whatever. <laughs> He's going to be my guy uh, in Vegas next week. We're going right. to have a blast. It's going to be so much fun and you can't so, so, so let's talk travel as i'll transfer but again remember i know i also think that uh stranger things is dropping in april as well isn't it or is it may when is stranger things dropping I'm oh, a, you got me, man. Uh, you're, you're way ahead of me. Uh, on I, I mean, I know that's dropping <laughs> soon, too. And that's the great thing is you start streaming so many shows. One of your shows is going to start dropping again, right? So uh, that, that's the other thing. So I, I want you to tweet me at Total Tutor. Tell me the show you're gonna, that's, you want to see next. I'm watching Hannah. It's, it's going to be Total Tutor approved. Hannah is Total Tutor approved. As of AO is definitely... Uh, Total Tutor approved. Uh, one of these shows, this vampire one that, again, it looked like it was. I was watching one of those old uh, Bruce Lee movies. I don't know what's happening with that. And then I also watched another strange drama. But again, I guess I'm waiting. I'm waiting for that next gig, right? 
There are just so many shows so, out there. I, And I'm watching them all, man, and we're going to continue to watch them. And, and, and it's very hard to pick because there's a lot. I mean, it's very easy to pick because it's a lot of crap on Netflix and Amazon. And well, yeah, I, but you know what? I'll tell you, Netflix has been coming out with great movies like this, the Motley Crue one. They, they have one now uh, about Bonnie and Clyde, which has got uh, Woody Harrelson and uh, Kevin Cosner. Oh, I didn't the, see that. What? The Highwaymen. Yeah. Have you watched that? No, it just came out. Oh, so. so that's another one on my list. Oh, my gosh. Soon I won't be able to catch up with these different ones, but it will be on my list, and I need to have two down through. But Hannah is only one season, so Amazon probably dropped six or eight. Amazon's doing – Amazon's giving them, giving them a shot because, trust me, I've seen – two unbelievable Amazon shows and I, I don't know if I could rank them better uh, but the one again is uh, is uh, Ryan, Jack Ryan phenomenal I can't wait to the next season of Jack Ryan not seen it yet Pete have you yeah no Jack Ryan's good I like the Jack Ryan okay. stuff and then I, you saw Jack Ryan and or you read the books or you not seen the movie yet you've not I haven't read the, the books I, I've seen uh, some of the you've not streamed the whole thing you've not gone through the whole binge of uh, Jack no Ryan. I have not okay. binged that whole thing okay. yet okay and the other one that's really good is about this uh Muslim uh involving security and cameras and I'm trying to forget the name of it on Amazon another uh, really good show I'll have to go look at my phone because my phone at least uh Prime does a better job on the phone than it does on the computer they're not as Netflix savvy, but I'm, I, I guess I have to look it up, but it was really good. But again, I'm glad I get to talk these things on the Pittsburgh morning show uh, with Neil Haley and Pete Canavan on Tuesdays, uh, April 2nd here. And let's jump to travel. And I talk about travel stories and I want <clears throat> to, I'm going to cover a couple more travel stories. Uh, I spent a time of New York travesty travel stories I've had. I'm hoping I don't have a bad travel experience going to Vegas, but driving to New York City every time I've had a bad travel experience, every time. And I've had story after story, even the last time I was at the National Publicity Summit, and that was probably the last time. Uh, I, I had another bad travel story. Pete, what happened now? now What'd you know? I mean, I, I grew up, I grew up in North Jersey. I I was born in the city. I used to. Go I to make the mistake of trying the last time just to go straight through back and forth the same day. Oh, that's tough. I, it's really tough, and the problem is tough because you just don't know what to expect. And the beginning, and this is the car that ended up going underwater. Uh, don't get VW. Volkswagen don't I'm already going to give you a disclaimer don't get a Volkswagen again uh I but uh basically we're having an issue with I went to go I'm driving I made it to New York I did an interview on the way uh with what's his name from um okay uh, Batman the original Robin and uh, Bert, something, it'll come to me in a second, but whatever. I interviewed him. I made it through. I did two interviews on the way driving. There was an accident that got me off the side of the road, so I got detoured. And I made it just in time just to make it to the little deal with the media at the National Publicity Summit. Go to push the... Uh, uh, the blinkers, and guess what happens? The blinker button goes through, and it just keeps blinking and blinking as I'm in New York City <laughs> right at no. the deal. Yeah, right at the deal. And I'm like, oh, no. Are you kidding me? So the whole time I'm worried, is my lights going to go out? Am I, my car not going to be able to drive back? Uh, the good news the is, it, no, it didn't need to yank the fuse. At least one thing that just shut down automatically. So when I finally went to go pull it over, I called, you know, different things. What should I do? Should I call AAA? All of a sudden, like, no, you can't get into the city. Forget about it. Get out of the city. Drive. And if a police officer 
pulls you over, and that's not the end of the story. Uh, I uh, then so I get to the car, and it happens, and it's like, good, it's off. I'm great. I'm golden. I had a great experience. Met a lot of good people. What an experience! The National Publicity Summit, New York City. Here we come. I made it through. So I did Facebook lives to try to stay awake. I was too darn tired getting through all this different stuff, and the lights go on, and that's the police. <laughs> yeah, it's the police. That's the worst. So here's the problem. I wasn't over. I didn't wasn't speeding, so he pulled me over illegally. If I had legal shield right now, I probably would have called them on it. But I had an expired. I had an expired license. I was told by uh, that based on my expired license locally, you're fine. Don't worry about it. Just get there. Well, he dunged me on that. He said two things. Third thing, bam, you're dunk dinged. You have a ticket. So I paid the ticket, was done, but that was the end and deflated my whole experience to New York City. But I have other New York City experiences as well. One time trying to go in through a train and then uh, literally on the way back, all the trains were closed on the way back to get to New Jersey to stay in New Jersey. So that's another one of my New York's experiences. No more to New York trips for you. I don't know. I mean, I, I can go to the third one. I have another one as well in New York stories. But talking about travel stories, that's the other thing is, come on now, Pete. You got to write your travel stories, especially. Actually, I've been writing travel stories. There's a magazine that uh, I'm writing a column in that uh, is called Plan, Meet, Repeat. And it's a it's a magazine for meeting and event planners. And I'm actually uh, writing a, a series of articles uh, in the event safety tips. And I'm at, what I'm doing is I'm writing a basically kind of like a day in the life type thing where people that go and travel to events, like they go to the publicity summit or like they go out to Las Vegas for the show or whatever. It outlines all the different things that you need to be aware of that can affect your personal safety on the entire trip from leaving your house to stopping to get coffee and gas and getting to the airport and what happens through the airport and on the plane and at the hotel and at the convention center and on the way back. So I'm outlining the entire trip, and I've written two <laughs> articles on it so far. Yeah, it's pretty neat because yeah. it uh, it brings people's awareness to all the different risks that you may not think of. Like, for example, a credit card skimmer in the uh, in the gas pump when you're filling up to drive to the airport. Right. All right. So just different things like that, that, uh, you know, I give different tips, tips to people. And uh, it's pretty interesting because if you take so much for granted, as many of us do, there are risks that we don't think about, like a credit card skimmer or oh, jumping on Wi-Fi to check your email while you're waiting for your coffee or, you know, whatever it happens to be. Little little things that heighten your awareness can end up making you a lot safer. And that's my whole point of doing this. So, uh, okay. So he's, so he's taking the security safety route. I have the horror stories of travel and New York city. Uh, well, hey, it could be a horror story. If you're not safe when you travel, it could be a real horror story. <laughs> so, I mean, <laughs> right? so, I mean, of the trips to New York city, I'm trying to remember every one of them was a chaotic craziness, even staying an extra day and being exhausted. Something about New York. How do people in New York, and Pete is, again, uh, a Jersey guy. Uh, how did you survive whenever you go on to New York? I don't know. It's a challenge. I'd much rather be in L.A. than New York. Sorry, New Yorkers. you got to be crazier than everybody else. you got to walk around like you own the place and don't let anybody bug you. <laughs> but it's not that, but then always the bugaboos of bad travel experiences. So tweet me your, your uh, bad travel experience at Total Tutor. Uh, you know, it, I want to know that bad experience. What was your bad travel experience? 
And there you go. Uh, so, again, a beautiful week coming up, and uh, I will be doing the morning show. I guess I'll have to get Pete on, involved in the morning show in Vegas because uh, I will be doing it every day. And getting it out to our Pittsburgh audience and telling you, updating you about uh, Vegas, about the NAB, about me in Vegas, who am I going to meet, Brandon Lang, I don't want to meet because I owe him more bottles of wine and I'll never pay repay on that and there, there'll be just no meeting with Brandon Lang. I was hoping, I thought Duke could do it, Duke couldn't pull it off. So when I get on with Brandon, I'll say, eh, no, my, my travel plans have changed. I won't be in Vegas this week. <laughs> uh, but again, Mike, but, but, but Mike Tyson, which you got to meet Mike Tyson. Uh, and we got to make that happen. We got to make that happen. Uh, we got to make it happen. You, you just have to just shoot the message and say, you know, and, uh, and you know, I'm going to be here in Las Vegas. I want to meet you, Mike. And I got to see who else is playing. Who, what other celebrities? Where, what backstage passes can I get? Where can it be? Hey, I, hey, I'm here. I'm here, and I want to be here. And uh, I know one uh, for sure, George something. I can't remember his name again. It'll, I told you before, I uh, interviewed him, and uh, he, he's, on my, he's on one of the websites uh, for sure. So check me oh, out yeah. at, to- at Total Tutor. Uh, all the different things uh, this week. I'm trying to think of any of the celebrity interviews coming up this week. It's a slow week. I guess it's good, but then NBC will hit me next week when I'm in Vegas. So I'll have to try to do an on-location, just grab my phone, uh, and try to do an interview. Or it'll be right when I'm getting off a flight. I don't think that will happen, per se, because I'll be home. I'll be there early enough, or maybe not. That's going to be an interesting thing about if there is a – just please let there be this week – let NBC have no no tours next week. But knowing, lo and behold, there will be. And do I ever say no to a story now? Pete Canavan, Pete, where's the best place you can find info on you? Where can we go right now? PeteCanavan.com. All right, PeteCanavan.com. Follow you on all social media sites. Safety Talk Podcast. Check that out for sure. And uh, he, he is the safety guy. I'm waiting for those segments. Just like you have a pet guy, you got to have a safety guy on all the different shows. And I'm looking forward to that opportunity for him. And uh, continued success for Pete. And uh, another great show. Last but not least, uh, Pete and I, you talked about some safety things, really two bad situations. Uh, go to that site, right, Pete, and check oh, out yes. all Safe, the Safetytalkpodcast.com, is a, it's a news aggregator for safety news, as well as information on our shows and our podcasts. So anything related to safety that's going on in the world today, travel safety, military safety, school safety, you name it, workplace safety, that's the place to go to to find out all that information. Fantastic. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.